0: Welcome to the Birthful Podcast. I'm Adriana Lozada, and today's show is about the essential preparation you need in order to have the birth you want. Did you know that choosing your care provider and where to give birth can greatly determine the type of birth you have? What things do you need to consider? Will a birth plan help or hurt? In this episode, I'll help you find those answers. Stay tuned. This episode of Birthful is brought to you by the first eight days of being a mom, a day-by-day manual on taking care of the new mom as well as her newborn. Get a 10% discount by going to 8 slash birthful. That's with the number eight, 8 slash birthful. The Birthful Podcast, talking to maternity pros to inform your intuition. Hello, mamas and mamas to be. I want to thank you once again for all the love you're giving the show. And a quick reminder, as usual, to be that it would be super helpful if you could rate the show on iTunes. And to do that, go to birthful.com slash review, click on the view in iTunes link, then click on ratings and reviews and give us as many stars as you think we deserve. So all it takes is one link and three clicks starting from birthful.com slash review. I will be so grateful if you do that, and if you have trouble figuring it out, there's even a little video explaining how to do the reviews on birthful.com/review. So. For today, due to a last-minute cancellation, I won't have a guest to interview, and so rather I'll be sharing with you the essential elements you need to think about to have the birth you want. My hopes is that this will help simplify the process for you. And at this point, I usually tell you about the person that I'm interviewing, so let me tell you a little bit about me. I've been a bona fide birth nerd for over eight years now, and my birthday credentials include birth doula, eco maternity consultant, childbirth and postpartum educator, and healthy child sleep consultant. I speak at conferences and I'm the co author of a best selling pregnancy book in Spanish titled Soy de Pura Madre. Uh, so, in short, I'm on a quest to help women have a smoother transition into motherhood. And I'm also the host of this podcast, which today will be an information-packed show because that's how my geeky self rolls. And because I believe that you have the ultimate say on what makes a good birth, however you may define that, in this podcast, we're going to go buffet style, meaning I'm not going to give you a rigid list that must be followed, but rather I'll present you with choices so you can make informed decisions. First thing you need to consider is your birthplace and type of care pro- care provider. And those sort of go hand in hand because obviously not all care providers are available in all birth settings. So you, the best way to pick either a care provider or birthplace is both of them need to be ones that make you feel the safest and most more at ease. Um, that's in order for birth to flow because your hormones need to flow and you need to feel safe for the oxytocin to come about and not be full of adrenaline. So if you want more information on, those, on the birth hormones and how that needs to flow, you can also check out the podcast on birth hormones with Sarah Buckley that we did a few weeks ago. And as we go through the podcast today, I'm going to be mentioning other episodes that we've done that can expand your knowledge and information on those little topics. So birth hormones that that go with the one with Dr. Sarah Buckley. Now, your birthplace and type of care provider also need to match your birth philosophy. And you, you may not have, like I said before, you may not have as many choices as you wish. So it's a question of... Figuring out, okay, what can you live with and how can you make it more like you would want to? So in terms of, say, you want a very calm environment in a hospital birth, would rather be at home, but can't be at home. So then that hospital birth, you can dim the lights, you can add scents, you can bring little electric candles if you want, like just bring your blankets from home, whatever that will make it feel more homey, for example. And recently, um, so last week I talked to Penny Simpkin about connecting with your baby in utero, and she just launched this week a new weekly video series, and her first one was talking about, it's called A Day You Will Never Forget, which is about your birth day, the day you give birth, and how you are creating a memory. So one consider, when considering all these things, your birthplace, ca- tape, type of care provider, and all the other things that I will t- be telling you today, it does matter. What you will remember this forever. In, in, in the video that Penny did, she followed moms that she had taught childbirth education, um, and had them write their birth story, you know, when they first gave birth. And 20 years later, she had them, she found some of them and had them write their birth story again. And the stories were incredibly similar. So 20 years later, these moms were remembering their birth very, very vividly. So please... All these things that I'm going to tell you today, they do matter. So make sure you're making the choices that you really want and that you are the one making the choices. So with birthplace and type of care provider, let's go first with the place, what to look out for. So options are you can birth at home, you can birth in a hospital, you can birth at a birth center. Sure, you could also birth in a car, in a field, the side of the road, but I don't think anybody sets out to do that, although it can indeed happen. So thinking of a home, a hospital, and a birth center, there's pros and cons to each. Um, And sometimes the choice is tied to your health, not just your your wishes. For example, a home birth is only an option for low-risk moms. So if you have complications or your pregnancy has, you know, unique situations that require you to be in the hospital, then you won't be able to do a home birth or maybe a birth center is not located in your community and so that's that gets ruled out um, please go ahead and take a look qu- ask questions inform yourself of which what are your options and which one is the one that's going to make you feel the safest. And so here's a podcast alert for you, an episode alert. Uh, Please go to learn more. You can go and listen to the podcast with Amalie Lokugamage. And uh, that's the one on why an OB would choose to have a home birth. Intuition plays a lot in that role. Then with the care provider, choosing your care provider. So you have your options are OBs midwives or primary care physicians and understand that all these practitioners do have their own birth philosophy um in the way that they approach birth the how they think about birth um how they're trained a lot of OBs have never seen a natural birth for example so th- that's something if you're thinking of having an OB talk to them and Ask them specific to see if their philosophy matches your philosophy. It really, for a birth, for you to have a really great birth, those philosophies need to match. And as if if you're going through your prenatal visits and you start feeling, you know, there's like these red flags on things they're saying or how they're treating you. If those are happening in the prenatal visits, it's not going to necessarily get better during the birth. So... That take that into account. Um, and also, a good gynecologist is not necessarily, Does it, if you have a great gynecologist, that doesn't mean that they're great OB for you. The two practices are very different. Um, so just because you've had this gynecologist that you love all your life doesn't necessarily mean that will be your best choice. And so think about it. And don't be. I know it's hard to change because you're thinking, "Oh, what if I'm gonna hurt their feelings?" This your birth experience is about you. Their feelings will not be hurt, and if they are, they need to they need to figure that out. But do what's right for you. Um, and other things to consider is also the size of the practice. Are you do you prefer seeing? knowing that the person you are connecting with will be there for you for your birth so then you might be better off with a primary care physician in a small practice because then you know that that person is unless they're away on vacation or on a conference or something they will be the one catching your baby or do you just want a big group, don't really care who's there, but would like for them to have a philosophy that is more in tune with yours? So, like, there can be a group of 15 midwives and and that matches your philosophy better. It's all about your comfort. I would suggest go and talk to several, go interview several, um, figure out, ask them about their intervention rates, ask them about their policies, and see if they're going to respect your right to make choices that are right for you. Because as we're seeing more and more in the birth world, birth is a human's rights issue and you deserve to be treated respectfully during your birth. So take a look at that. And if you want to know more about choosing a care provider, then you can listen to the Birthful Podcast with Robin Weiss on choosing a care provider. So, all right, you have your place of birth and your type of care provider. How do you decide what's right for you? Well, you need a birth philosophy. And you might be thinking, what well, birth? What the heck, Adriana? A birth philosophy? I don't even have a life philosophy. Like, what? Ah, this is something I've never considered. Most women don't have a birth philosophy before they give birth, but you are going to be better served if you have an idea of what you want. Think about, you know, how do you consider birth? Is it something that's scary? Is it something that is natural? Is it something that you trust? Is it something that you know nothing about? Um, What are your thoughts? What are your wishes? Have you ever thought, you know, do you have only scary birth stories from other people um, and do you see birth as a potentially dangerous situation or is it very normal for you? So you need to narrow down what type of birth you want to have and where you're going to be feeling the best and safest and and surrounded by whom uh, those people that are going to make you feel the safest and more most at ease and relaxed and all those good things. So, you know, sometimes it's like, birth is can be similar to camping <laughs> you're not very familiar with the experience if you've never camped before when you go out you're uh, where you do some research right you figure out where am I going to camp what's the gear that I'm going to take with me um who is coming along you don't just go like oh yeah let's go camping and throw a few, a few things in a bag and just take off you need a tent you so the point is you need to be prepared um and figure out what are the things you're going to need for the experience you want. So educate yourself is the third item on our list. And do it quickly, because obviously you want to have a care provider and a place of birth chosen early on. So I would say start, um, there might be a route in in the area in your community, there might be an early pregnancy class and this is different from a childbirth education class. Um, The early pregnancy class focuses on getting you the healthiest start in pregnancy and helping you to stay low risk so that then your birth will be easier and more and flow better. So things that you might learn in an early pregnancy class is what's happening to your baby and body, what tests and prenatal care to expect during pregnancy, Um, what are some of the common discomforts of pregnancy, and say when to call your care provider if something comes up that is unusual, and so that could prevent prematurity, and also some information on nutrition and exercise. So that can be something really great to help you choosing your care provider and choosing your place of birth as well uh, as suggesting nutrition um, tips that you should heed in order to stay safe in pregnancy and just make it overall a happier, healthier experience. You can also read books on childbirth. Ask your friends, the ones that are, have like the same beliefs that you do, what books they read, which ones they liked and why, and look, you know, or ask other family members and and ask your doctor or your midwife or your care provider what books they recommend. Um, Personally, I have some of my favorites, so I'm going to tell you what those are. But I would say, first of all, and this is a personal opinion, but this is shared by a lot of friends and colleagues in the birthing world is I do not recommend you read What to Expect When You're Expecting. I know that's the most famous book for childbirth, but if you've ever looked at it, it it tends to be really scary. There's a lot of scare tactics in there. So I don't I, I when you, it's, yeah, it's not my favorite because it just seems to leave you more stressed after you read it than beforehand. Um, and that's not what you want during pregnancy or birth. So some of my favorites, if you could only read one, I would suggest Ina May's Guide to Childbirth by Ina May Gaskin. And the reason why is, so she's taken this book and it's half of it is really solid, good, normal labor stories, birth stories, and they're not necessarily easy, because labor is not necessarily easy. But that doesn't mean a hard labor can't be a good labor, a good experience. So that first half of the book, reading these stories can help counterbalance all the things that we see usually in our culture from birth that we know from the media and this whole like your water breaks, and you got to run to the hospital, which you don't have to do. So I like that that helps balance it out Um, and it's not scary drama like the birth stories that you see in the media. And then the other half of the book is very solid explanation of the physiology of birth of what's happening during the process in your body. So that would be my number one recommendation. Then another one I really like is From the Hips by Rebecca Odes and sir I can't pronounce her name, Sered Wynne. I hope I'm saying it right, Morris. Um and I like that one because it is very straightforward and extremely non-judgmental. It is an open book, no agenda that lets you choose what is right and best for you. So that one's very objective. If you want something a little bit more political, then there's The Thinking Woman's Guide to a Better Birth by Hensi Gore. And it is a fantastic book, but it has you thinking not just about your birth, but also the bigger picture of birth in our culture. Um, A little bit of that also happens with Your Best Birth, Know All Your Options, Discover the Natural Choices, and Take Back the Birth Experience by Ricky Lake and Abby Epstein. And they are the producers of, oh, that's just the that just, that completely left my mind. I'm going to have to come back to that. It's the movie. Uh, anyway, Your Best Birth, Know All Your Options, Discover the Natural Choices, and Take Back the Birth. The Take Back the Birth Experience by Ricky Lake and Abby Epstein, and that does have a little bit more of a natural birth um, tendency towards it, and looking at the bigger picture of of life. And I keep wanting to say birth by the numbers, but that's not the movie. That's not the movie. I know all of you are listening out there and going, "Like, I know what it is. I know what it is." And I have a blank mind right now. Um, so I'm going to move on and talk about the other books that I like. You have Birthing from Within by Pam England. And that one is more about visualization and more about tuning in with sort of that goddess spirit and um, having birth be more of a spiritual process. So that one, if, if that speaks to you, that can be a really great birth book as well. Then uh, you have the birth book, Everything You Need to Know to Have a Safe and Satisfying Birth by Dr. Sears and Martha Sears. And that is a very straightforward book written by Dr. Sears, who is a a renowned doctor. Um, And he coined the phrase attachment parenting, or he takes, he, he he. takes claim for the phrase attachment parenting so if that's sort of where you are headed towards that can be a good vision on birth from that point of view then if you're feeling a little bit scared about birth and the whole process and thinking oh my goodness I don't know if I can do this and I just would like more help like getting rid of this fear childbirth without fear by Dr. Grantly Dick Reed is a fantastic book. And he started the thought that when you have fear, that brings in tension, which brings in pain, which creates more fear, tension, pain, and that's the circle. So he helps you think about how to break that circle when you're in labor. Um, And this is a book written in the 60s. It is sort of an old birth bible and but it still holds true and it's really fantastic and finally another one that's really good is the birth partner by penny Simkin, and that is definitely focused more towards birth partners so be it your doula your husband your significant other your whoever's going to be there your best friend whoever's going to be there helping you through the birth, that's a good book for them to read. So you've educated yourself, that has helped you choose a care provider and helped you choose a place of birth. Now what? So you've taken care of the who and the what, then take care of you. Oh, and before I move on. I wanna I wanna make a little note about choosing a care provider in a place of birth. If you've already chosen, please know that it's never too late to switch. Don't think that, oh well I'm seven months and but you know, I'll I'll do it differently the next pregnancy. Like it said, I said at the beginning, this is a memory that you'll remember forever. This is gonna be a big event in your life. So Make it good from the start. Don't wait until your next birth. Just do it right or do it quote unquote right. Do it the way you want to the first time. So, all right, taking care of you. Nutrition is huge, huge part of being pregnant because whatever you're putting in your mouth serves as building blocks for your baby. So, Pay attention to it. Make sure you're doing good nutrition. Eat your rainbow, as they say, lots of good veggies. And my number one recommendation is when you go to the store, don't buy chocolate chip fudge covered in sprinkles. Because then when you go home, you won't have the temptation of chocolate chip fudge covered in, covered in sprinkles. If it's not there, you can't eat it. So save you the trouble of having to deal with that temptation by not even having it in the house. If you want to know more about really great nutrition during pregnancy, you can listen to the podcast with Amy V. Haas on nutrition um, for a healthy pregnancy. And then there's so nutrition you've heard about and you can ask your doctor about specific recommendations or your care provider specific recommendations for your situation and your case then there's exercise and also you should talk to your care provider about what you can and can't do but usually for birth what you're looking for is to be strong to a degree you wanna, you know, it's you will be running a marathon. So if you keep yourself active throughout pregnancy, walking is great. Doing a yoga, prenatal yoga is fantastic. Swimming feels fa- so good because water takes over and you feel all this weight that extra weight that you're carrying sort of lifts up by the during the time that you're in the water. Um, if you do keep active, it's going to be easier to recover after the birth and your muscles will be able to endure the birth itself better. Now, in terms of your perineum and sort of your stomach muscles and all that, you want a toned muscle. You don't want a too strong muscle. You don't want a super tight perineum. You just want a toned muscle. So a muscle that's toned is one that you both strengthen and stretch. And there's a whole debacle in the in the birth world, in the internet, so you can take a look, of kegels versus squats and which one you should be doing and which ones you shouldn't, and that kegels just tighten and they don't stretch. And then by doing squats, you're stretching when you're going down and you're tightening when you're coming up. And that that is true, but There's more to it than just that. So do take, you know, take into consideration that you shouldn't just be doing Kegels, 100 Kegels a day just because. Ask your doctor, your care provider, your midwife about your specific situation and how tight your perineum already is. And if you have a good, strong perineum, you don't need to go crazy with it. Uh, and if you want to know more about prenatal yoga, then I have a podcast with Dina Blumenfeld on prenatal yoga. So go, you can go listen to that. In that vein of continuing to take care of yourself, sleep is such a vital thing. We all know. We all love to get a good night's sleep. As you get bigger through pregnancy, as your body grows, it'll be more uncomfortable to sleep. So you have to make it a priority. And during the last weeks, the, the last few weeks, like the month, month and a half before your due date, stop and ask yourself at any point during the day, if birth were to start right now, am I well rested? If the answer is no, please, please, please take a nap as soon as you can and make that a priority. Because being tired when birth start is one of the most difficult things that can happen you will have a harder time enduring the hours of birth how of however of labor however long that is if you're feeling tired um uh, while you're at it pamper yourself love yourself pregnancy is something to like really enjoy the transformation of your body so go for prenatal massage if you can go for chiropractic go for acupuncture sessions um And keep yourself, you know, the exercise as well. The good thing about the prenatal massage, the chiropractor, especially the acupuncture as well, is that it can help create space, especially if you're going to a, a, like a a chiropractor that is licensed for, that has specialization to treat pregnant women, and usually that's the Webster technique what they do, that can um, create more space and align your pelvis so that your baby can move and rotate freely and get into the best position. Um, And your baby's positioning during pregnancy will clearly affect how your labor goes. A better position baby makes for a shorter and easier birth. If you want to know more about that, you can listen to the podcast with Gail Tully on baby's position and labor flow. But in her website, spinningbabies.com, she has a set of daily activities that you can do to help um, have baby in the best position. So that's another really great birth essential tip. Uh, And then finally, you know, lessen the toxicity of your environment and yourself. You are your baby's first environment, so make sure that you pay attention to what's going in your mouth, what's going on your body, and what's in the air around you and the water. You know, it's not just about tobacco and drugs and and you know, chemicals and medicines. There's even some herbal supplements that can be harmful during pregnancy. So just pay attention, but also pollution and, you know, caffeine intake, those things you know about. Um, but your cleaning products can affect the toxicity in your environment. So just take a look without obsessing, without getting too stressed about it. Try to minimize what you can. All right. So that was, so we've gone through care provider, place of birth, educate yourself, take care of yourself. And then now we're going to talk about birth plan. And birth plan gets a bad rap. So sometimes it's better to call it your birth wishes. You know, I have heard, it's awful, but you you get nurses and you get care providers, then when you say, oh, I'm thinking of a birth plan, they roll their eyes and have even say, oh, that's the best way to guarantee that you'll have a cesarean. And that's unfortunate that they say that because that's shameful and wrong. And you should be entitled to, say, have a voice and a say on what you wish your birth to be like. We all know that birth takes it turns and changes and variations and does its own thing. And you can't control it. We all know that. We wish we could control it, but we can't. So that doesn't mean that you can't say, ideally, in the utopia world, this is the type of birth I would like to have. I also know that when things go different, I will have the flexibility to go different. But Otherwise, let me have my birth wishes. So if you don't want to call it a birth plan, you can call it your birth wishes. Either way, there's the three reasons why I say a birth plan is really helpful. And so reason number one, it forces you to know your stuff. If you're... If you go to a childbirth class where it have all looked at all looked into the birthing world, you've probably heard the phrase, if you don't know your choices, you don't have any, which was said by the authors of A Good Birth, Safe Birth. And that's a phrase that is thrown around a lot in the birth community. If you don't know your choices, you don't have any. But the point of it is, you can't know what's best for you if you don't know what you're missing, right? So, Birth plan is a reason to know your stuff. It will force you to read books, to ask questions and decide, do I care if I move or not? Do I care when they clamp my baby's cord, what timing that happens? Do I care if baby's circumcised or not? It forces you to make decisions. And that's like the first step towards parenting, right? For your babe. Um, so then that's the first reason to do a birth plan. The second plan, the second reason is to Once you've written it and you have it set, take it to your care provider and go over it together before birth. During birth, it's best if you don't think. You want to go to that primal brain. You want to get out of your neocortex. So that's not the time to be having discussions about birth choices specifically. It's best if you can get that sort of out of the way beforehand. And also by discussing it in advance with your care provider, you can get a gauge and a sense of more one-on-one how closely your philosophies match. So it can be also a second litmus test on um, confirming your decision of the care provider you chose. So that's the second reason. And then the third reason is that it is the easiest way of sharing your wishes during your birth. If you're having a hospital birth, when you go in, your birth plan, you know, you're, when you go in and during triage, the nurse will probably start asking you, and what are you thinking about this? And what, if, it, when they're going to admit you, um, they're going to ask you, what type of birth do you want to have? Are you planning on circumcising? You can, and you're in labor, right? You're having contractions when all this is happening. So the last thing you want to do is, do is be answering these questions. Having a copy of your birth plan at that point and just handing it over is a perfect and easy way to make yourself heard while still being able to focus on your labor and your breathing and what you're doing. So those are the three reasons I think having birth wishes or birth plans are really great. Um, Now, if you're having a home birth, you don't quite need A birth plan or birth wishes, because a lot of the things that are considered during that need to be talked, chosen and considered in a hospital birth plan are not even a possibility or not even present in a home birth. So, for example, writing in the need to move freely at home, you'll move freely, Um, writing in that you don't want anybody offering you pain medication unless you... Um, that you know that you're aware of, and you will ask for it if needed, there's no pain pain medication at home. So that's a non-issue. And there's a lot of that. So if you're having a home birth, the, the conversation is different with your midwife, and it tends to be a lot simpler and less things to worry and consider. It's still good to, you know, educate yourself and read about the process, but you don't have to spend so much time figuring out the medical aspect of it because there won't be any medical aspect. Then the we're on point number six. Sixth point is to take childbirth education classes. Now, these are different from the early pregnancy classes that I mentioned at the beginning. Those are going to help you prepare, you know, what to do during your months of pregnancy and also choosing a care provider and a place and helping you with your choices for birth. A childbirth education class will tell you more about the process and teach you about the process. Um, A good recommendation there is to take it early. Don't wait until the very last minute to take the classes because if you do, then... You won't have to you won't have the chance to put into place what you learned. So figure out you want a good rule of thumb is to have at least two months have the classes be done finished at least two months before your due date. So you can put in place what you learn and then have the option of changing your mind about things you had already decided or that you hadn't given much thought to and that you learned in your classes and went, "hmm, oh, well, I'm gonna do this differently." Um, common types of classes out there, you have the, mo- the most known ones are Lamaze classes, Bradley, ICEA. There's also uh, quite a bit of hypnosis, self-hypnosis related childbirth classes. The most famous ones and most known are hypnobirthing, hypnobabies. Um, there's other ones you can listen to the podcast that I did with, uh, on, on, on hypnosis, it was self-hypnosis for pain pain management with Julietta Appleton recently. And she can, you know, listen to that one and you can get more information about using that as a tool. Um, so you have to look in, a little bit more into the Lamas classes and Bradley and the different types that there are. See which one fits best your birth philosophy. Remember birth philosophy that you already thought about? Okay. And... There might also be specialized childbirth education classes in your area for your specific needs. Like there might be specific VBAC childbirth education classes or specific home birth education classes or, you know, classes for second or third time moms. So look around, see what's available and look online as well. One thing I want to say in terms of the hospital childbirth education classes is that Sometimes I look carefully and ask questions about it because they might not be the best fit for you. Don't assume that just because they're in the hospital that they're going to be good. If they're four hours or or shorter, they're too short to give you all the information you're going to need for childbirth. Um, And then ask and check to see who's teaching them because not, it doesn't, most of the times it, the person teaching the classes is not certified to teach childbirth classes. I know that sounds really strange, but it might usually be a nursing, somebody from the nursing staff who knows tons about birth and has lots of experience with hospital birth. But not necessarily is equipped to teach childbirth education in a way that gives you tools that you can actually put into use and that uh, apply to you. The other thing is the hospital classes may be too large or hard to get into, which might make it that you end up taking it too late, too close to your due date, and you might end up having your baby before the classes are done. Um, If there's a lot number of people In it, you know, if you have 30 couples, 50 couples, 100 couples, my goodness, that's going to make it harder to ask questions. You're not going to get interactivity to do stuff with the other couples around you um, or to even, say, introduce yourselves because there wouldn't be enough time to go around and introduce 30 people. (laughs) The class would be over. So a good-sized class is one that has, you know, five, six, eight couples, and then I The last thing about the hospital classes is that they tend to have info that's biased towards intervention and hospital policy. And this is because some of the time the people teaching it are not free to just say anything they want, or not anything they want, but there are certain things about birth that they're not allowed to say because of hospital policy, which might be based in evidence, but not the hospital poly, what they're allowed to say. It might be information that's based in evidence, on evidence, but they're still not allowed to say it. So that's kind of limiting, giving a bias to the kind of information you're getting. Um, if they're told what they can and can't say. And as a good friend of mine puts it, hospital classes are more than teaching you about childbirth they're teaching you to be a good patient so i am not saying there's lots of good hospital book classes out there and there's some a lot of not so great independent classes out there it doesn't mean that i'm generalizing but if you are going to take a hospital class make sure you ask questions and see if the person teaching them is certified if it's long enough if the group is going to be too big because then you're not getting the best information in the best setting that will help you for your birth so that's it for childbirth education classes, and then finally, we're going to talk about your birth team. So you have your care, your care provider check. You have most likely your partner or friend or family or whoever is going to be there from your tight knit community to help you with the birth check and hopefully they'll be attending classes with you and helping you create that birth plan and you know then it's great that they are there for you because they can be themselves they can be that loving person that nobody else can be. Now about that I want to give you a tip having your mom or your in-law your mother-in-law in the birth may or may not be a good idea because sometimes moms come into the room, and it's you know, they're not birth professionals, so they're they're not constantly going to births and seeing different experiences they have in their mind, very fresh in their minds, right? Because it's a memory that you keep with you, their own birth experiences. So sometimes what happens is you'll get a mom in the room, but instead of being helpful in supporting your choices and assisting you through labor, they start processing their processing their own birth and their own baggage and whatever happened to them and viewing it through that. So if you're going to have your mom or your ma- mother-in-law in the room, I would suggest you talk to them frankly and say, you know, if at any point I feel that you're not really helping me or I'm not feeling this is helpful to me, um, is it would be okay if I ask you to step outside and have a way to talk to them so that they won't be offended and do it beforehand so that when the birth happens, if it happens that they're not helping you out and creating more tension in the room and not helping you relax, then you have an out and you're not, you know, stuck having to go through that as well during your birth. Cause that's no fun. That's no fun. Um, a lot of people think that birth should be intimate and you have you want to try to minimize the amount of people in the room. Know that if you're having a hospital birth, there will probably be a lot more people than you think participating and coming in and out of your room, especially if you're having a, your birth at a teaching hospital. So there might be residents, there might be fellows, there might be uh, nursing students, there might be OB students. Um, neonatal nurses or or baby care nurses, a lot of people. (laughs) So just keep that in mind and figure out what your wishes are going to be and add it to your birth plan and talk to your care provider about that. One thing I would urge you to consider for your birth team is a doula. And doulas are amazing and they're your own personal birth theory. And yes, I might be a little biased because I am a doula. But there's a lot of solid, good, fantastic research showing how doulas can decrease your need for pain medication, lessen interventions, and overall have a healthier or healthier and happier birth experience, both for you and your baby. So look into it. If, you know, I wish that it was something that was covered by insurance so that every mom that wants one could afford it. But there is always a way to figure out how to have a doula if you really want it. Don't just think that, oh, that's out of my budget. I can't have one. There might be programs in your area. Um, There might be some doulas that do sliding scale. There might be doulas that do prorated stuff, they might do barter, like doulas really do this because it feeds their soul and they want to truly help you out. So they would rather figure out how to get you a doula than have you birth without one. So if you want a doula, please, please, please go and check it out and don't think this is something that's not right for you. And if your partner is thinking that a doula is going to take over and replace them, take their space, that couldn't be farther from the truth. The um, after having doulas, usually dads, partners are our biggest advocates because we support them just as much as the birthing mom. So please look into the doulas. And if you want to know more information, I did a podcast with Sharon Muja on birth doulas. So go check that out. All right. That's that's my big list of essentials for your wonderful, beautiful, fantastic, amazing birth. And if you're feeling like there's too much information out, over, out there and a little bit of information overload, I want you to take a deep breath. Know that you've got this. Just take one book at a time or talk to one girlfriend at a time and build your confidence. Go through it knowing that you can do this. You are going to do it. You won't be pregnant forever. Your baby will come. So build your confidence by having the team that you want, having the birth at the place that you want, with the care provider that you want, having the information that you need so that you made those informed choices that are going to make you feel really great at the end of the process. So you can have a healthy baby, have a healthy mom, healthy you, and also a great, great birth experience. Build your confidence by asking questions. Don't be afraid to ask questions to anybody related to your care And your teaching of birth, your information, you're absorbing your birth, you're learning a birth. That's the word I'm looking for learning a birth. And make sure you get answers. And if you don't like the answer that you're given, look further. Okay. Um, Another suggestion would be to these essentials, I would say, you know, you can add a breastfeeding class um, to your journey and also read up on the golden hour, that first. Hour after your baby is born because it's a fantastic time for bonding and attaching and attachment and uh, for instincts to kick in so if you want to know more you can listen to the podcast on baby's birth experience with Karen strange um, and you can also look at Jack Newman's website uh, I did a podcast with him on breastfeeding your newborn but on his website. He has videos you can see of newborns feeding, so you can, before having a baby, figure out the difference between like a good swallower, good eater, and a, a baby that's just nibbling at the breast. Huh. I really hope all of this is, uh, will give you the information you need to set you on your path to have a fantastic, fantastic birth experience. And if it does, let me know because I love hearing from you guys. Um, And before I go, before I forget, I have a special announcement for those of you who are in the Toronto area or within decent driving distance. I will be in Toronto on October 18th as a special guest for the Flock Yay the Flock Yeah Advanced Doula Workshop. And that will I'll be teaching alongside with the fabulous Gina Kirby and the amazing Leslie Everest. If you are a doula, you want to get tickets now, since it's going to be an intimate, limited space shindig. And if you're not a doula, but are close by, let's meet anyway. I will be doing an impromptu coffee date with listeners that day. Time and place are yet to be determined, but um, go ahead and subscribe to my Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook feeds to find out details. It'll be like last minute, let's meet at this coffee house at this time so but i'd love to talk to you guys and and to just hang out and be birth nerds together um so if you're a doula go to flock yeah advanced to get your tickets and if you're not follow me to figure out when we're having coffee and i'm very much looking forward to it thank you again so much for listening to this variation of the birthful podcast and if you liked it let me know i'd be happy to do more of these in the future have a great week Mamas, I love to hear from you. So share with me your thoughts. And if there's a certain topic you'd like to know more about, let me know. Stay in touch by following Birthful on Facebook or Twitter. And even better, become a part of the Birthful community by subscribing at birthful.com. You'll get access to bonus episodes and other exclusive goodies. I'm Adriana Lozada. Please join me next week when I'll be talking to another maternity pro to inform your intuition here at the Birthful Podcast. Thanks so much for listening.